you fucking Brit. Hello and welcome to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies, the podcast that is about to break the first rule of Panic Room, which is to never talk about Panic Room. I'm your Englishman, Ian Whittington, and with me is my Irishman, the man who is still wondering who the fuck is Raoul. It's Sean Ferrick. Hello, it is me, Mr. Irish and the Potatoes. I don't know why I did that. How are you? Every single episode. No one's even insulted you. I may have offended you, but no one's insulted you yet, so put your potatoes to bed. I I, I won't. They need to be cuddled and caressed and... No, that's my breasts. I'm sorry. That's my breasts. That's and ample they are too. I would say a heaving bosom is what I am. Yeah. Is what I am. You that's it. Yeah, that is all of yeah. me. I am a heaving bosom. Just for everyone bosom. who is listening right now, uh, initially unintentionally, but then I just sort of went with it. I am wearing uh, a dressing gown with the most plunging neckline I think I've ever worn. Uh, it is. How much plunging. can you see right now? Um, I can see your third nipple. I actually have a third nipple. I do. You? I actually do have a nubbin. Good. Yeah. Here we are. Well, now, don't we feel I'm silly? Deliberately, no, I'm deliberately not following that up with anything else that's where we leave it it's nothing nothing sean how are you this week i'm good i'm good how are those hiccups going for you there ian shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> look if you want if you want to if you want to present a podcast go and make your own oh you do <laughs> exactly. it's only got about four listeners it's grand it's available <laughs> if you manage to slaughter the deer and dance in the baby ducks tier uh rabbits what? No, cut that out. What as is well. that even? What is that even a reference to? Oh, it was a Dylan Moran joke. Um, and you mean Dylan Moran? No, I mean Dylan Moran. You fucking it's... Brit. Canal. Don fucked up, Jacqueline. <laughs> it's Dylan Moran. So it is. Jesus Christ! Oh, go back and. Wank he won't help you now. Family. I don't. Of the first two minutes and twenty nine seconds, I think maybe nine seconds is usable. I know. Yeah. Keep joking. I'll make. I'll make your editing a fucking nightmare. Brilliant. Well, yeah. Volunteer every once in a while, and I won't have to edit it. Right. So, should we do some news? As if you'd ever let me edit <laughs> your podcast. No, I don't let Sean edit my podcast. It's yeah. fine. That's great. And, <laughs> and for it. that, I thank you. I just have to pretend to do something on Facebook once a month. It's great. Yeah, so if anybody has, if anybody uses Facebook, give us a message because we won't reply to it. There's no argument there. Same with Instagram. Right, to the news! To the news! News team, assemble! There's no news. I forgot. I just like saying to the news. <laughs> uh, is there anything, anything, any news this week? I briefly saw that the Ghostbusters um, has been screened to people. What do you mean? What's yeah. that face for? Ugh. The new Ghostbusters film. I'm yeah. super excited about this. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for your excitement. Damn, son of a bitch. I even liked the, um, the, the, the other one, the 2016 one that everyone hated. I have not seen it, but I didn't. Good. I just, just to seriously clarify, really quickly, I didn't not watch it. I haven't seen it. So you mean you 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 deliberately didn't watch it because they recast it as women and you hate women? 
Um, well, although my preference is men, it's not, in fact, about this film. Because Chris Hemsworth is in it, so that should have been your way in. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I just nipped off there for two hours while I... Uh, <laughs> kidding, as if I yeah. last two hours. But... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to An Englishman and Irishman After Dark. Yeah, uh, 20 seconds, including 15 seconds for cuddling. And three seconds of a cry. <laughs> Um, uh, no, haven't seen it. Um, I heard it was nowhere near as awful as those strange little people made it sound. Um, oh, nowhere near, yeah. nowhere near as bad. Um, it's it's perfectly fine. <clears throat> it hasn't got the magic of the originals. Um, but the new one does. From the few snippets I've seen, it does sound more in tune with the originals. Um, and it's been screened and um. Is it Reitman? Ivan Reitman, yeah. Yeah, so his son um, said no. that his... Wait. Oh, you're... Sorry, I think you're right. Sorry, I think Ivan Reitman did the originals. Jason Reitman is doing this one, or is it the other way around? No, no, it, whoever... Well, one of them died, so they oh, can't be um, doing it. So Spangler. The dad... Yeah, yeah. sorry. I've m- mutilated that. The son, Reitman, um, has watched it and said that his dad would absolutely be bawling his eyes out and would be really proud of it. Um I yeah 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 I'm all over it I can't wait to see that insert cool. oh yay insert the car sound right here oh yeah hundred percent okay <sighs> that is cool um so uh, Sean's just oh I I am full on I, I assume like, he's he's posting to Facebook right now please I thought you expected more than that uh no okay so. Jason Reitman is directing this one and written, whereas his dad Correct. did the originals. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Good. Go. Oh, yeah, I forgot Paul Rudd's in this. Yeah. Although, Paul, and, but I think they're doing the handover to a younger cast thing, which yeah. seems to be the thing to do. Basically. I think some kids find the Echo Mobile, the Echo One, yeah. and some proton packs and across their streams because it's a Stephen King film. Okay, uh, that's absolutely a movie, is what it is. Uh, full confession a... time. Now, I. Go for it. So, I've seen the first one. I've not seen the second one. And I religiously watched the cartoon when I was a kid. The cartoon is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I really love that enjoyed cartoon. that one. The, I... 90s, the late 80s slash 90s were really good at oh, nailing. Yeah. Transition from film to cartoon. Loved it. Like, The Mask was an incredible cartoon. I loved it. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, no. That's... Because, again, I did watch it, but now haven't watched it since. I haven't Um, seen it since, no. Um, uh, Batman, the animated series, kind of spun off of Return. I have news! Bring it. I have news. Uh, Kevin Smith, so the Kevin Smith uh, clerk, small rats and everything, said on his podcast that... He has it from a reliable source, and I feel he wouldn't say something unless it was reliable. I really hope this doesn't end badly. That they are seriously looking at a sequel series to Batman the Animated Series. Oh man, that would be amazing! Because if you think about it, everyone, nearly everyone, is still kicking around. Um, Especially Kevin Conroy, he's still voicing Batman. He is the voice of Batman. Mark Hamill is obviously still around. You know, Joker. Yeah, yeah, Um, and. I'm not going to lie. Many of the other names, I don't really oh, but the, remember. The, the rest of them, are, it's villains. You just you interchange them. It's Kevin Conroy that you really need. Interchange them. You will not speak about Michael Ansara, Mister Freeze, like that. Oh no, he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. 
So, because wasn't Batman... This is such a tangent. This is barely news, but I love it. Um, uh, Batman Beyond. Yeah. That was the... So, in the golden... Is it Beyond? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in the golden age, which is about 10-ish years ago, right? No, more than that, sorry. No, more than that. Golden age of, say, DC animation, uh, which is not to say they're not doing a good job now, because they are. When you had... Batman the Animated Series, so that yeah. ran for, I want to say, three series, and then took a hiatus Correct. and came back as yes. the new adventures of Batman and Robin. Because I have the Blu-ray and it's so freaking oh, of course, good. Yeah. It's so of good. So once that finished, now I'm less certain on my timelines here, but I think we go to Batman Beyond then, which ran concurrently with Justice League, I think. And there no, was a Superman one in the middle. It would have been, do you mean broad? Sorry, broadcast at the same time. Uh, so yeah, because th- Batman I Beyond so. is set way, way, way in the future. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I mean broadcast at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I love the Justice League show. That was cool. it's so good. Weird new segment. So to to the recommends. To the recommends. Sean. Oh, no, sorry. We have a joint recommend. I, I, we do have a joint recommend, yes. <laughs> I, I preempted this and forgot. I was about to chuck you under a bus. Um, we're going to spoiler-free joint recommend... Yeah, spoiler-free, come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but yeah, but yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Main, mainly spoiler-free. Um, joint recommend The Mandalorian, now that we've, we're both up to date. Yeah. Um, Background for me is at the beginning of lockdown, I started watching season one. I got, so this was before season two had launched and I got three episodes in and the only nice thing I could say about it was it, it, the score is fantastic. Which it is, you're dead right, it is. Which it is, absolutely. Um, It didn't grab me and I jumped ship. Now, hand on heart, I was looking for it to be bad because I've got a bit of a, I like Star Wars, I don't love it, and their, some of their decisions really frustrate me. So I went into this thinking, this is going to be garbage. Gave up on it, and then everybody, season two came out, and enough people I trust have said, this show is the bee's knees that I've watched it all, and now I love it. It's phenomenal. It is a outstanding TV show. Now, I don't know if this is shocking news, but I... I certainly took my time going through season one. I think I watched a couple of episodes, went away for a few weeks. Certainly the whole season had released before I yeah. started to, to watch it, and it obviously came out week to week. Um, yeah, I agree. The first few episodes, uh, it's it's probably not that they're much different. It's that you're so used to the style once you get to season two. <clears throat> exactly, yeah. The format is exactly the same all the way through, but yeah. you're expecting... I think the problem is I was expecting the standard arc and every episode is intertwined. But this is very much bad guy of the week, planet of the week, wrap up that adventure with some through themes. But it doesn't... You can easily pick up an episode. There'll be five minutes of it that you don't understand because it's out of context. But the majority of it you can enjoy as an episode. Pretty much, yeah. Um, And, I mean, the child is as cute as you think he's going to be in you know. every way in oh. every i mean there's only one episode where they lost me and you'll know the episode 
I'm gonna mouth it. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. It. Yeah, it does. But and by the. I mean. I, I don't know because there's a lot of series I would say that but by the time you get to the end of season one you will retroactively love the season is that correct damning yeah. praise it it is um but I don't know what I would change because mm. now that I'm thinking about it I like the slower pace not everything has to be a hundred miles an hour and I mean it's the same old story there are the rebels and there is the empire there is nothing new to the to the universe that this story is set in, but the way it's done it is way calmer, and it's it's the most insular Star Wars story we've ever seen. Yeah, and yeah, okay. Other no, than I'm... Solo, oh, I suppose yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of I'm already going. No, can't say that. No, can't say that. So, go and watch Mando if you haven't already. A, a lot of a lot of people have already seen Mando, which is yes. great. Um, and if you haven't, it's well worth it. And the pair of us, we are ride or die Trekkies, and yeah, both hum, really like Mandalorian. Obviously. So yeah, we love um, it. Yeah, I've been. I ended up binging it in about ten days um, with my other half, and it is. I think it is the way to watch the show. So I've got a friend that is waiting until basically the run is finished. So he's admitted that I. It's going to be spoiled, but I have to consume this in one batch. I don't want to have to wait. Which, cool, fine. That's one thing. So this is I'll just really quickly. It's not a rant or anything. So I, my, the nature of my job is that, you know, I I do reviews. I do you know videos reviewing the most recent episode. And so we've sort of adopted the thing in work. It's just like if you wait like that, if you're gonna move around in the internet and read sites that will talk about it, unfortunately, you do have to accept the fact that you can't expect the world to not talk about these things. And not post screenshots of picture. It'd be nice. It would. What do you reckon? Two days. I think if well, this is the the style that we adopted. The evening of the latest release. So what I'm saying that is that with the, a lot of the stuff that we'll watch will release of a Thursday, but it will release in the UK slash Ireland slash EU yeah. on a Friday. So because if you don't get onto it quick, you've missed the news cycle, and you're the last person to report on it. And that's the that's the double edged sword. I mean, yeah. you you have to watch it, you know, or it will be spoiled on you. And then as a viewer, like I am a viewer before I'm anything else. Yeah, you know. And the the uh, brand itself, Star Trek, for example, wants people talking about it the second it drops. If you had 24 hours of literally nobody talking about your latest episode, you'd be cancelled. Yeah. So and it is a really difficult would. difficult thing. It's like, um, I mean, so we're, which is nice, it's nice to say for once, we're too young to remember a lot of things like the Nielsen rating system. Now, that was still very much in existence. Oh, I know, I know in, it, though. I know it well. So the in the 90s, that would have been a big thing. Going into the 2000s, as we've moved away from terrestrial television, mm-hmm. it's not as much of a thing. And also, it's not as much of a thing this side of the pond. But it was all about who tuned in. As opposed to who caught it on rewatch. Now there was that was that was counted as well, but it was on kind of different um, yeah. scales. And there's one thing now. So cheeky plug for the ER podcast, but I do an ER podcast, and what we're going through is these early episodes that aired f- between 1994 and I think we're we're only up as far as season actually on season two. There's a lot of episodes, all right. And th- we went through one episode there where on the night of viewing. 
42 million people <gasps> tuned in at whatever it was, 8 p.m. to watch it. No. That's unheard of. Unheard of. of. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's at the same time, can you imagine if they all went to the bathroom at the same time, there'd be a tsunami? Well, you, you joke, but the World Cup, they, the, the national grid has to brace itself for half-time because every, every single Englishman, Irishman and Scotsman and Welshman puts the fucking kettle on and there's a power cut because everyone's doing it at the same time. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. And it you does. can't possibly, you can't, BBC One can't show it at three with, I don't know, uh, ITV showing it at ten past three no. to kind of stagger it because then, no, 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 no. who gets the ten past three slot? Uh, no, not me. Yeah, exactly, not no. happening. Um, well, that, that system is one of the very reasons that um, Firefly got cancelled. If Firefly had been out ten years later, I imagine we would have seven series of it. Um, but you would have caught it on ca- or not catch up, but streaming now. I know Netflix has; they seem to be inconsistent in the way they release their viewing figures. Yeah. Um, it's like we don't do it. We don't do it. This how many people watch Daredevil? It's like okay, yeah, exactly. Unless they want to do it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, that is. I think that's written over the door, just under "Abandon Hope, All Ye Who Enter Here." They have. We'll tell you if we want to. Yeah, in brackets, uh, you greenlit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yes. Oh, I, I got greenlit and cancelled for a show there last week. I meant to tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've gone wildly off. Way, topic, way, way off. Nielsen, all- who tunes in to watch it? So now yeah. we are, the way we consume is different now. Like, yeah, I'll catch it, you know, I might potentially catch it on Sunday, you know. Uh, I remember being horrified with you telling me sometimes you were catching Discovery the day before the next episode came out. I was like, what did you Correct. do for the last week? I you had know. a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, I think, that's some of the biggest pushback that we get in the review game is, yeah. you'll hear, ah, for fuck's sake, man, you know, I was, you know, it only came out for me this morning and I'm not yeah. got home from work yet and your fucking thumbnail has a spoiler and I kind of want to say like like I'm sorry but at the same time it's the nature of the beast it's you the know? internet that's what it is yeah. but the Mandalorian it is a great spaghetti space western that's my favourite thing about it it is a yeah. straight up spaghetti western um, love it love it love it love it love it go and watch it and I I'm going to say this right now I want to do a series when season three comes out. Nah. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> to the panic room! <laughs> so, The Rewindables, part the fourth. Um, panic room, my turn. I love Panic Room. So, this is very, very different to the first three films that we've picked. Obviously, Stand By Me, um, Locke, Donnie Darko. Very serious films. Obviously, they've got funny elements, but... They're not super hyper action films. They are, they are thinking films. Mm. This yeah. is the closest we get to a bit of fluff. Um, this is by no means the best movie in the world. It's not the best Fincher movie in the world, but I love the bones of it, and I watch it about three times a year. I I really enjoyed it. I did. Uh, I have. I think this. Is, no, it's not the first one that you know we've both seen it because we've both seen Donnie Darko, obviously as well. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I saw it. I early 2000s i think it, it, it came you've out you've only seen it the one time haven't you? just the once yep yeah. um and mm. i i have a feeling it was myself and a mate on a sleepover and there was cups of tea involved you know it was it's one of those films definitely it is it's not a boozy film 
No, it's yeah. not. It's a get a it's a pizza film. It's get your takeaway in. This is um, definitely pop, a pizza proper film. popcorn movie. And Fincher admits that himself. He says not everything I make is going to be a masterpiece. I don't need to worry about that. This was just a fun, almost B movie with a fucking stellar cast. Oh yeah. Oh god. Like so, it, 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 the cast is great, and the cast that the cast replaced are pretty good as well. <laughs> like, yes, you're uh, not wrong. You uh, abs- this film has got some. It is a miracle this film got made. It could have easily been resigned as a footnote in history of the project that never happened. Um, So, Panic Room is the movie of the movie, the story of... It's a real-life story, yeah. No, it's the story of um, uh, Meg Altman and her daughter, Sarah Sarah Altman. Um, Recently divorced, um, they have moved to um, kind of like the heart of... She divorced her daughter? I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, recently divorced um, They're moving, moving into a new house This new house has a panic room It wouldn't make sense if it didn't um, Three chaps attempt to burgle the house Not expecting the mother and daughter to be there Wanting what is inside the panic room The very thing that they cannot get Shenanigans ensue um, And this Home Alone rip-off is fantastic it's like you you took the words right out of my mouth like the only thing that's different is that if and I, I said this to you during the film if kevin McAllister was the kid in this film those guys would not have lasted 10 minutes no they would all be immediately murdered um, uh, absolutely without like, a doubt viciously as well no i really enjoyed it so um jodie foster as meg altman um a baby face kristen stewart as sarah altman yeah and then we had forrest whitaker is burnham, burnham. Yeah, is the is the you know the crook with the heart, yeah, uh, and the brain, and very yes, sorry, and the brain. The Jared Leto. Leto. Let's let's talk Jared. Oh, you're right. Oh, I always get that wrong. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah, Leto Leto. I could be wrong. Leto, me say Leto. So. <laughs> uh, you're abs- no, no, you're absolutely right. It is Jared Leto. Um, Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> you done fucked up, Jared. Um, <laughs> he is. Is he? wildly miscast in this nope. role or is he brilliant i don't know i don't i really don't know i'm i'm so i whenever i see jared leto i cannot see anyone other than jared leto so whether he's the joker or the weird person in um blade runner 2049 with all Loved of the clones and shit it was yeah. great but i can only see him mm. And this film, this was the first time I'd ever... Well, obviously, I watched this film when I was 10 for the first... Um, no, it came out in 2002, so I'd have been 12. Mm. I must have seen this film when I was 12 or 13, and it was the first thing I'd seen him in. Um, I am delighted you had not seen Fight Club see. at that stage. No, no, too no, young no, for no, Fight Club no, no, at that stage. No, no, no. Interesting story. First time I saw Fight Club was last year. That is an interesting story. We must have spoken about that. Uh, no, I've only seen it the once. Um, no, is it, sorry, is it we must have spoken about the fact that you've only seen it once. I don't think so. I don't think it's come up. But well, it has you're now. not allowed to do things that I'm not involved in. We we discussed this. It's actually in the contract. Well, I do most of this podcast without your involvement. <laughs> that's not entirely true. An Englishman belongs to an Irishman. That's the name of the podcast. Yes, that's it. Um, it is... So, like, this is weird because, like, this film is not as good as Fight Club, but it never tried to be. It's not that kind of a film. No, you know, it's not. It's not trying to say anything yeah. bold. It's not trying to make any statements or have a massive twisty turn. It is just an action. It's a not even an action film. It's just a psychological thriller. That's um, it. Yeah, yeah, that's and it. It's, 
and it's fine it works for that there's there are a couple of so all right so there's there's a there's a couple of things that i noticed in this and this is going to sound harsh so i'm getting my, my things that sound harsh out of the way first because again really enjoyed this film first it's, of all i think it's crazy that you went through the entire cast and well it's brilliant that you went through the whole cast and missed the other one. Oh, i didn't miss him no continue yeah he's like <laughs> and then there's raul and who played him i will give you a penny knows? if you can tell me his name uh, I think it's David Yee. I have no idea how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, it's something like that. He, I actually, I just, this is so bad, but he was in a film that I watched the other day, and I don't know what film it was. It was either Aquaman or Wonder Woman. One of the two. He's in I one of them. Don't for the think life of, he's because I've seen Wonder which. Woman. I haven't seen Aquaman, and I don't recognise him. Although this he's, is how bless him, how forgettable he is. <sighs> God, I hope he's all right, and I hope he's not listening to Well, he's obviously to still acting. I just don't know where the fuck he is. Um, so you, you carry on. Um, you do your thing that you don't like about the film that I love, um, uh, and I'll Google that. Well, that's, that's all right. Hang on. No. Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, that's it. Dwight Yoakam. Uh, well, thank IMDb. God he's still alive. Yeah, yeah that would have been awkward. For a second, I thought Logan he Lucky. was... Did you yes, watch Logan looking the other day? You. Yes, yeah. I did. Did I not recommend that? Uh, you, I think you might have. Yeah. This is bad. I can't remember the recommends we've done. Um, yeah, he's in Logan Lucky. Um, totally forgettable. Obviously. Oh, he's a singer. Johnny Cash called Yoakam his favorite modern country artist. Get out of town. No, there we are. Don't we feel bad? Uh, not really. Nope. Um, the, oh yeah, the the things that were terrible. No, it's 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 not it's, it's, it's not terrible at all. No, so. Although, now, in 2021, there is something on it that makes it a little bit... Mm, and that something is David Fincher's name. Yeah. It's because... De- and this is the nicest criticism I can I can ever give. When you see David Fincher's name, for better or worse, you expect a certain level of... Complexitude. Yeah. Deepness. Yeah. So, and I would say... This film and the wonderful, amazing, we must do a part on it, Alien 3, disaster of a film, which I love, by the way. I love Alien 3. It is not a good film. I love it. Um, But they're both Fincher. Now, Fincher may punch me in the face for saying he directed Alien 3 because I believe he punched anyone in the face. (laughs) But you kind of put them to the side because in the other pile, you have Seven, Fight Club, The Social Network, uh, Mindhunter, you know, yeah. um, these Fincher. If we carried on with the Nolan style series of episodes where we ranked everything, Fincher was mm. up there. It was either him or Cameron that was going to be uh, next in our who we rank. And in just in relation to Fincher's filmography, this would probably be knocked out round one. But that's yeah, just because, because he is very. You know, it's that's fine. It's a good criticism. Yeah, every article I've read. Read every article I've read. Who rents an article? Every article I've read has said this is a great film, even though it's one of the lesser Fincher films. It's just yeah. a compliment to the man. Um, yeah, but it's. It, but I find it's the film that I watch the most of all of his because it's so easy on the brain. It's just a. It's, it's a satisfying film, start to finish. Well, certainly, like if I was to. You know, say your your average evening night, you have a couple of hours. Grant, I'm going to put on a film. You don't sit down and go, oh, I'll stick on seven. 
No, do you fuck? No. Yeah, exactly. Like you, well, know, you don't. You don't stick on Fight Club either. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. Even Fight Club, like like in terms of or social network is pretty heavy. You know, things pretty like heavy. That. Pretty heavy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just a bit. sorry, Facebook. By the way, who are watching me right now as I say that? Uh, ironic that I haven't put stuff up on Facebook because they say, have put stuff up for us. I say it's uh, ironic that Facebook interacts with you more than you interact with Facebook. What's this message down the bottom? Oh, keep it moving, boys. Okay, Grant. Um, uh, but yes, yeah, so that's so right. That what was meant to be a two-sentence turned into a twenty-minute rant about it. There, um, there's a lot of heavy exposition going on. That's oh, where I was coming at it from. That got it. Okay, there yeah. is. There's stuff that this this movie doesn't do subtlety or subtext. It slaps you in the face with the information that you need. Again, I will defend it because that's the movie it wants to be. That's what it's it not is. trying to hide anything. It, I think, it wants you to switch your brain off and enjoy it. So you don't have to look for all of the subtle things. Um, what's the one that stands out to you the most? There's some. Uh, it's it's possibly smack bang middle of the film, and Jared Leto. Uh, is he's kind of in the middle of an argument, and as he's in the middle of the argument, he is reading the bullet points of the plan that they've put together, and who everybody is, and yeah. why they're all here doing this. And it's like, now, Jared, I know what you're doing, and you it know? has to be in an argument, doesn't it? It can't it does. just you be. Would, it, yeah, let's recap the plan. It has to be buried in the subtext we're of an in argument. The house now, and we're really quiet. We're going to be quiet because we have to get the money because you need the money to go and see your exactly. daughter. Exactly. You know, you've got the custody lawyers up your ass. You just need some money, and yeah, good blah, job, blah, blah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, good one. So, so there, there, there is a bit of that. But I mean, that's fine. I have to say, right? That aside, so that is that critique is the script. Right, so yeah, David Kep. I think I think I how you pronounce it because Coop. It's, yeah. Coop. Yeah, there's no umlaut on the O, so it's probably right. Cope. So for 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 every time, um, and uh, Mr. Editor, I'll put this to you. Uh, all right, bear with me on this one, right? Mm-hmm. So for every time that we have a David Coop script, because he's written a lot of scripts, right? And um, we go like, mm, I think that could be better. I want you to insert this particular audio, right? Do you remember Lost World Jurassic Park? Yes. Yeah, I could see it in your eyes. You're like, where are you going with this, Sean? Yeah. Um, do you remember the bit where T-Rex gets to San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. And there is a bloke who tries to run away from the crowd and run into a blockbuster video and the T-Rex gets him. Yes. That's David Coop. Is it? That is. So I want you to play that audio every single time that uh, there's ever any issues with his kind of scripts because he was one of the script writers on Lost World Jurassic Park and the game of Cameo. So, well, does he... I can't remember that bit of the movie entirely. Does he scream? What oh, he yeah, on? it's like really like... It's it's their cool. version of the Willem scream. Excellent. Uh, right, I'll make a note of that. Yeah, uh, it's cool. Coop scream. Yeah, the Coop scream. Yeah. So. Considering I've misspelled Cope, I will have no idea what this note means. That's all right. Or it'll be so bad that one night you'll be on your usual tequila benders and you'll be like, I must do this! The bit of exposition that bugs... It doesn't bug me, because I, I love it and I get it, but it's the, the the diabetes wristband, the insulin in the fridge, the you're drinking too much Coke, which, by the way, she says no to the Coke, and then they have a bit of an argument, and then she fills it up all the way. Diabetes doesn't care if you've had an argument or not. It's still going to kill you. That or she's just like, you know... You know what? I've had enough of your guff. You're having a coma tonight. There you go. Yeah, you're you're going to sleep for a long, long time. Um, yeah. And that watch doesn't exist. It's uh, it didn't exist in two thousand and two. Um, so this is actually set in the near future. 
because he just extrapolated that there are prototypes mm. on the market, so eventually there will be one, and I need it as my MacGuffin. So, interesting fact, Panic Room is set in the near future. That is an interesting fact. Is cool. it in the not-too-distant future? Like, could we see the X-Men flying by? They are in New York. Uh, it's very possible if this was a Brian Singer, Brian Singer film, but... Um, but it is not. No. Uh, what See, is, that, it's a bit what, on the nose, isn't it? The the diamond d- d- stuff. Yeah, just, just, just a little this bit. This is yeah. going to be a plot point. Um, there is a little bit. It's, it's explained surprisingly late in the film how this mother and daughter can afford to buy this house. Because this house is a mansion. Like, we, we no, were, it's we're, not. It is. It's, it's, she says it later on. Like, uh, Chris Asira says, yeah, my dad's rich. But she says it to Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, but it's established that he's buying the house. In the opening scene, true with the yeah. estate agent, um, because uh, I suppose yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, Meg says it's yeah. Meg says this is it must cost a fortune, and Sarah's like, well, you don't have to. It's not Barney's. You don't have to pay the price on the tag, and also Dad can afford it. Um, so I think that that that's enough for me. However, it is a fucking ridiculous sized house for two. It's a people. hotel, like really. Yeah. I said when we were watching, it's it's one. It's one bad night away from being an American horror story location. Um, it's boom, effing huge. Boom, boom. Sorry. Oh, love love that, that. Love uh, it. So good. Um, and yeah, and it's... Like, obviously... No, so, sorry, all right. It cost them six million to build it, which I think is hilarious, because I've already cost, would have cost them <laughs> to buy one for that, yes. you know? Um, and yeah, like, the outside of it is... You, you can visit there in New York, and the inside of it is yeah. a set, obviously. Yeah. Um, and the chap that never um, uh, no Jurassic Park where did I get that from sorry the chap that built it had just come off of the set design for Gladiator um, and he was no like no wonder it's so big the last thing he well, built was the Coliseum yeah, it's fucking you're not right but you're not wrong but he said this was more complicated <laughs> he built the entire of Rome and it was less complicated than this fucking house <laughs> bringing Oliver Reed back from the dead was easier because it does sound like this was Although they went into it thinking, oh, this will be a nice kind of smaller film we get away with it. Sounds like it was kind of horrendous. Yeah, no, he complicated... David Fincher complicated the balls off of this film. Um, He directed the tits off of it and any other anatomy that you want to throw in there. This could have been a fluff piece that he spent literally two weeks on. Instead, he spent two weeks alone filming the pan shot from um, Jodie Jodie Forrester. That was weird. Jodie Foster being in bed, the, the the shot that pans through the house downstairs, and then follows the burglars around the perimeter of the house. That shot should uh, took two weeks to film. Just that, and it's about two minutes long. There's um, there, there's a scene where she slides Sarah's medicine bag into the panic room. Oh, it's so good. So good. 130 takes. Yeah, no shit. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, like, yeah, but like... Uh, uh, the, the, is... sound, the sound guys had to edit out the... Yes! At the can end you of imagine, it. Can you imagine... Actually, <laughs> reminds me of another film, but uh, there, is, there is another... Now, it's another Fincher film. It's Zodiac, right? And both Robert Downey Jr. and Jake Gyllenhaal star in Zodiac and both relate stories about how how much they struggled with Fincher and it's just it's just his perfectionist. He's a perfectionist, absolutely. Um, I think yeah, something like Downey Jr. just kind of, you know kind of threw up his hands and went, "What the fuck do you want from me?" And Chuck <laughs> Chilnall apparently got really upset 
because he's like I, I'm just trying to do a good job for you. Because well, but... he's a perfectionist as well. He's yes, he he's yeah. very much in in his role, and he he's got to get it right. And that's why he's one of I think he's one of our greatest actors, and obviously he's Finch fantastic. is one of our greatest directors. He is, and and you know what, like. I really, I really hope it doesn't come out that he's a fucking dickhead later on because a lot of you know the greats, it's like you know they are of, ah yes, but it's got to peel back a tiny little bit and yeah, but oh, not they were literally horrendous. peel them. Don't don't peel your actors. Is literally something that would happen. Probably. I it's so memorable for me the the opening credits. So this is the first time I think that the credits parallel to the building has been done. Oh yeah, because I can. I can think about it. Doesn't does Mindhunter do this? Yes, obviously, which is that's Fincher yeah, as well. So yeah, Nolan does it on a lot of films as well. Um, does he? What Nolan? I thought Nolan was quite famous for not doing credits. No, no, no. But on the credits he does do, they're in. So if he does like Paris, France, it's parallel to a bit of scenery. Oh, okay. Or it's in line, so that it's the idea is that it's subtle and that it, it kind of blends in. Um, so the, I just think the opening credits are absolutely fascinating to watch because they're just yeah. they're really unique having said that i hate the opening credits of this film because it doesn't have a fucking bit to do with the film and it really bugs me so opening credits that are there to show you the people that made the film cool they have to be there unless you're star wars hmm. but could you just make what's in the background have something to do with the film i get you going through new york and i think he defends it as this is New York, and you can see the buildings, and you won't see them because you're inside all the time. But also, apparently, in that opening shot, this this obviously was released two thousand and two, but in it, you have to kind of pay attention. But the uh, the twin towers are there oh, in are the no, opening. I've that. But it was there wasn't a big kind of like, and here they are. It was no, probably no, they're just there. Didn't have to edit it. That's interesting. Uh. But it bugs me. Like, Back to the Future 2 does it. The it, the first 15 minutes of the film is opening credits flying through the sky. And it's like, this just reminds me I'm watching a film. That is literally the only criticism I have of the film. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I've, I have no, no disagreement with you there. I'm kind of, get me into the film now, you know? Uh, sometimes, the like, there are exceptions to the rule actually odd enough Star Trek 6 The Undiscovered Country love them because I love the overture of music they play over it they, but they and make it a thing that's the exception exactly. yeah. you've got something entertaining you've got a fantastic bit of score that's going mm. so I will let Star Star Trek get away with that all day long First Contact Insurrection they yes, both do it yes. as well stunning yeah. bits of music Um. so I so on the pace of the film I will concede that the opening 10-15 minutes is a bit slow and it is all set up in exposition mm. but it's a two hour film and I think it does the right thing in writing off the first 15 minutes to here's your characters get invested, here's what's going on in their lives and then as soon as the basketball falls down the stairs it is 100 miles an hour and doesn't stop there is. Yeah, I don't think you breathe from that point to the very end of the film. Yeah, I think that's fair because you're right. Like, it's the first night. It's their first night there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's no, there's no like, oh, and after a week we're all moved in. 
Yeah, know? and it only works if it's the first night because the phone line has been installed, but not in the panic room because it's on mm. a separate line. The alarm system isn't fully set up. Um, the fact that they're not supposed to be in there at all. So can we can we talk about how dumb Junior is? This is Jared Leto. It's pretty dumb. I don't know how he made it this far. He is he is a few sandwiches short of a picnic basket. He's the definition of style. I mean, he's even got like the silly hair, the cornrows, like you know, I don't what know what that. It's but about, I mean, but that it, but that suits the fact. It that suits he's, his character. Exactly. Yeah, he's a twat, basically. Yeah, he is. He's a massive bellend. So, his this is his plan. He has been cuddling up to this old dude, and I think they're related, aren't they? No, he is. Related. No, he's he was just the nurse, uh, no, and I'm he managed sh- to. No, he just and he talked himself into the will, and he knows that the other. Like the rest of the family are getting everything else. But yeah, no, he got himself no, talked into the world. Whitaker says that he knows a fuck-up like you is getting less than everyone else. Yeah, but, that's, but yeah. So how would the guy know he's a fuck-up if he's a nurse? No, I think, no, he talks about it. That's, yeah. Because he talks about it, he kind of cleaned up your man's shit. Yeah, but for... so you can be a shitty family member and still do that. Hang on, let's confirm. Do, 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 do. Is that elevator music? Junior is the grandson of the previous owner. Fuck you, Sean. Um, so, Jared Leto Promises. is the Promises. grandson. <laughs> Jared Leto is the grandson of this dude, and there's eight siblings. Um, he um, knows that these there's an, there's an amount of money in the form of Barabons that's hidden inside the panic room, and that's the idea, is to get in there, get the Barabons, and fuck off. The stupidity of this plan, point one, is... If he just held his horses, he's getting a million pound of it, a million dollars of it anyway. But because he's a greedy son of a bitch, he wants the whole 24. He lies about how much is in there. So he's going to screw over Forrest and only give him one million. He's going to screw Raul even more and only give him a hundred thousand to begin with. Mm. And... Uh, Burnham, Forrest Whitaker, says it himself. Like, what were you going to do? What did you think was going to happen? We were just going to step outside, wait for you to take your cut, and then come in? Like, he hasn't thought the plan no. through. He and hasn't he def- planned for any contingencies. And he's definitely, he's not a killer. Like, he wasn't no. going to turn around and shoot them or anything because he's not, he wouldn't have the spine for it. No, definitely not. He says yeah. that I'm not, when everything happens towards the back end of the film, we're just like, I'm just not in a place right now where I can deal with this kind of stress. And then bamps out of there, or attempts to. Yeah, so to fuck up number two is escrow. He, <laughs> he assumes for some reason it's a working week and not just two weeks. So they're a week late. <laughs> it's just like, what? Really? Yeah, you like, had 14 days, job. that's three weeks. Uh, and Wait, Forrest Whitaker goes, what? explain to me how 14 days is the same as three weeks in your head. So business it's always weeks. business days. Always. Yeah, you dick. So the, the problem is, you need Junior because he knows about the money. Mm. He doesn't actually need to be present because Forrest is your man that's cracking the safe and knows all of the security. So mm. he knows everything. Raul isn't meant to be there anyway, but he's the muscle. So there's no point of Junior being there. He provides nothing other than the ba- the basketball, which is what fucks him to begin with. And 
if anything, he's the comic relief. Um, it's th- there isn't yes. much comedy in the film, but what there is is, is from him. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like the moment the comedy is very much ended in the film occurs <laughs> oh, with it. Like, after that, yeah. there is no comedy. After that, you know, and that's this film is really, really good at segmenting itself. So mm. there are distinct bits where you're right. At that point, the comedy stops, and it's now. I really just want everybody to get out okay, other than Raul. <laughs> yeah. All right. Raul, I have to say that, although we were terrible and we didn't remember his name, he's he's not intimidating. He's deliciously unhinged. And and that's what's dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. And no one takes him seriously. because and- So I love the motivations behind each of the bad guys. It's one of the reasons I don't think this is a fluff film. So Jared's just a greedy git and he wants all of the money. Forrest um, needs the money to see his kids. He's got custody lawyers. Stop hiccuping! He's got custody lawyers up his arse um, and he literally needs this money so that he can see his children. Perfectly fine. Um yeah. And he's smart enough to know that he can MacGyver his way in and out of this whole situation. Now, you assume that Raul is there, equally like Jared, just for the money. But he's not, is he? I think he's there for the power. He's there. Yeah, this is his big score. This is Because I think they say he's a bus driver. Yeah, you know, so... In his, and with all deference and love to bus drivers, you know, he very you much... You no bank can, robber. Yeah. Well, there's that too. But also, he goes from... You know, going in for a few quid, and you can see he's wearing the ski mask for most of the film. He's got the bulletproof <laughs> jacket on. He is all about looking the part. Exactly. And when it's suggested that he is just a, you know, so nothing, he gets super defensive, doesn't he? So he starts off being a uh, a mystery, intimidating. Then he gets um, revealed by Junior that well, you're just a bus driver. Don't pull this shit with me. And that's where he's just kind of loses it. And then after Junior decides to check out and um, Raul shoots him, he... Spoiler! Spoiler. Um, Altman comes in, he kicks the shit out of Altman. It, there you're and like, really... oh no, he's serious. Yeah. He is really serious. Straight after that, um, Burnham says, you fucking... And he's like, yeah, call me a clown, call me something else. And that puts him over the edge even more. So you get the impression that he has spent his life being demeaned, maybe even bullied. He is just in inverted inverted commas a bus driver and he wants to be more than that and this is his big chance to be more. He's the... I'm I'm thinking of the opening line from Goodfellas. He's the kind of person that would be like, all my life I wanted to be a gangster. Exactly, yeah. And instead I'm a bus driver. The fact that things go the way they do for him is one of the reasons he would... He wasn't ever meant to be anything more and it's, it sounds awful like you know as i say love to all bus drivers he is ve- he is a yeah, stereotype not, here he is very we're not much having a, a dig at bus drivers at all we're having yeah. a dig at it could be any job he has just done nothing with his life yeah. and he hasn't got any he doesn't have any joy in driving a bus it's just what he's ended up doing exactly um, yeah. and he's he's become like whatever we can glean from his backstory he's become mean and that and that meanness has metastasized inside him into cruelty yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, and there's also a cruel pragmatism to it because when he's, you know, there was a moment when they're in the panic room, again, spoiler, um, 
and Forrest is doing what he absolutely can to try and salvage the situation. Yeah. Uh, he just goes, she's seen my face. It's and it's just, you know what he means by that. You know that in yeah. his mind, none of them are getting out of their life. <laughs> Burnham's just like, stay the fuck away from me. Yeah. <laughs> You're one creepy motherfucker. Um, but, so yeah, this is why, yeah, I think it's one of the things that elevates it, is that the bad guys aren't just fluff. Um, and it makes, so, Burnham makes a fantastic Joe Pesci reference, and I'm so glad that they acknowledge that this is a Home Alone situation. Because he, he's talking to Junior and he's like, look, I'm I'm here to like get in, get the money, and fucking Joe Pesci over here needs to stay the fuck away from me. And that's exactly what he is. He's like he's but he, he's more than he's more than the the, the wet bandits or the sticky bandits. Yeah. They are stupid. None of these guys are really even, stupid. Even because yeah, Junior's, Junior's come up with the plan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he knows just, when to check out as well. That's it. For him, he just doesn't get the breadth, or no, not the breadth, the depth of what they're doing. Forrest with Burnham gets it. Yeah. He understands, but to the point where he knows where his limit is. Exactly. Yeah. Junior, he wants instant gratification, doesn't he? He can't wait six months to get his million dollars. He needs the 24 and he needs it now. And even waiting an extra hour in the house is too much for him. This mm. is now too much effort on my part. Considering he's done fuck all, he hasn't had to contribute shit to this situation. Yeah. It's still too much for him. Um, In fairness, so Jared Leto is an interesting human being. Uh, he is incredibly successful actor. This is going to sound like I'm just licking his arse for a second. He's an incredible successful actor. He is very, 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 very good at what he does. After Panic Room. <laughs> um, and actually a little bit before as well because he did... Um, I think I, he's great in this film. He is, but it's so funny when when you see what he's done kind of since. Yeah. And a lot of them have been... It's, it's really funny going like, Although I really did enjoy him in this film, you're kind of like, this could literally be anyone. It could, but I think lots of people wouldn't have done a good job of it. Like, imagine, I, I don't know, I just, I, I, he plays the character exactly as written. It, ja, uh, Junior is exactly what we need in this film, and cool, it's not a prestige, it's like, it ain't going to win no Oscars, but it ain't supposed to either. Um Oh, it's gas. No, I love it. It's so good. So the film, so they've managed to get into the house and they realise that there are, there are, the two people have moved in too soon. So they're now sneaking around. They sneak their way upstairs and comically paced banana skin, sorry, I mean basketball, is, is on the stairs and just goes thud, 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 thud. And then it's pause and then scramble, 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 scramble. And then the, that chase... The geography of this house is fantastic. I've talked about geography in movies before. I love the way this film orients you as to where you are and where they are. So we know that Chris, uh, Sarah is on the very, very top floor. They tell us that. We know that Jodie's on the middle floor. I need to stop interchanging the characters' names with the actress, actors' names. Meg and Sarah. So much. Meg and Sarah. We know Meg is on the next floor. So we know that she's got to go up and then back down. Um... And the fact that the house is so big, I buy that they have enough time to get in the elevator, go down, go back up. Uh, Junior is comically just like, 
I, panting. It's like, fuck, I've got I to run back upstairs. did struggle a little bit now because they go up one flight of stairs and he does take a while. And the yeah. end of the, the top of the flight of stairs is right beside the panic room. And yet they can still go up the elevator and still get there before. Yeah. And look, but having said all that, there's no these movie are if it all don't forgivable. But there is that. Yeah, you're right. But these are all forgivable things. No, there's no, there's nothing glaring in this film. No. There's nothing that takes me out of the film in terms of like, oh come on, that like that's completely nuts. And how they try and get into the room is all <clears throat> quite well realized. It um, is. Um, I, I mentioned this when we were watching it. There's only one entry attempt that annoys me, and it's who does it. So. They come so we'll backpedal a little bit. Forrest realize Forrest immediately wants to check out at this point because he's like, I designed that panic room. We ain't getting in there. I can't remember exactly how, but they convince him to. St- well, this is where we get the exposition of who's here for what reason, mm. and that convinces him to stay. So now that he's decided he's going to stay, it's the next logical step, isn't it? What do I do next? I'm going to barricade the house. So he gets his tools, and then Raul is immediately on board. It's like, yep, yeah, I know what's going on here. And Junior's just left behind, like, oh, I see you've got wood. And just lets them get on with it. So Raul is kind of on the same level as Burnham in, in terms of he will... He gets what the plan is, and he'll yeah. help to execute it. So it bugs me that his attempt to get into the room is from below with a sledgehammer. That is quite silly. It it doesn't fit. I feel like I feel like he's smarter than that. And Burnham just like comes in, comes in and says like, if three idiots with a sledgehammer could get in, would I be in the job? Because his job is security. He designs the panic rooms. I I don't necessarily think he's smarter than that, but I do think he is either more ruthless than that because there is there's the kind of a there is a dumbness. To the act, like yeah, you, you would believe Junior doing that, absolutely, or maybe yeah. it's just pure arrogance. So like, yeah, I can beat this room with my mm, right arm and a that. sledgehammer. Yeah, it could, it could it could well be that. Like, like oddly though, I'd say of the three of them, Far, uh, Burnham is the one with the know-how to get in, but yeah. Raúl is the one who will find a way in. Exactly, he's got be... the commitment. Yeah, he's got yeah. the drive to do it. Absolutely. So I guess I can I can forgive that in that that's him taking off a box. I have eliminated that as a perhaps yeah, yeah. I won't be satisfied until I've done this bit of it. Yeah. I'd be because um, he'd be the very one because I was thinking when I was watching this right you know depending on how much damage you want to do, I mean what do you do? Could you, you destroy the house, the house around? Yeah, the you just burn the house down. I assume know? actually I'm almost certain it's on its own support struts. Um, I feel it should be. It would have to be. It's a lead fucking room well it's yeah it's yeah exactly yeah because it was kind of like you know wow that brownstone was well built when they yeah you know, really good lord yeah um but uh but again the movie is good enough that i'm yeah. asking these questions exactly yeah exactly um so i love that burnham my favorite bit about burnham is that he just goes to work mm. once i think he compartmentalizes everything so if i'm gonna be here and i'm gonna do this i've got a plan and he's always the man with a plan and that's for me, that's really satisfying because they're not just—it's not Sylvester trying to catch Tweety Pie. This is somebody with a bit of brains coming I've out. I just it. realised why you love this film so much. See, what we didn't see is the fact that Burnham has an earpiece on him the whole time, and Locke is talking him through all of these things. Oh, next right. practical step is what we're going to do. <laughs> okay, don't don't we'll listen go- to Junior. He's a fucking donkey. <laughs> You're going to get the tank of gas. 
and you've got to hook it up with a hose. Although, factual error, propane is heavier than air, and you would need a special fixture to get it out of that, and that hose did not have that fixture. The whole movie falls apart. Agreed, and it would have absolutely killed Sarah and Meg inside the room. 100%. They would have been barbecued. Yeah. But you still... Let me see, if they're dead, they can't get into the room. Well, and this is the whole point. that So we've jumped... I think that's the next really stupid thing that happened. I made a note of all of the stupid things that Junior does. Um, So I've done kicks basketball downstairs, which immediately scuppers the plan entirely. Tick that one off. Lies about the three million. Um, Escrow fucks that up. Um, Oh yeah, the gas plan. So the once they've. So what is the next way that he tries to get in? Um, Because he can't. Because Burnham decides to lock up the house. Yeah. Um, He knows he can't convince them to come out. So yeah, I think the next plan is the gas, isn't it? I think I think that's yeah because sledgehammer is not going to I think maybe that's it maybe the sledgehammer from underneath is what happens in between yeah that's um, it so while that. he's going around and doing all of the boarding up everything so he gets a gas canister he drills um he drills into the pillow to get into the there's a vent basically the room needs mm. to be vented or else they'd suffocate so he gets access to one of these vents he has a propane tank um and he feeds gas into the room to gas them out now uh raul catches on to this straight away and he's on board with the plan yeah several hours later junior catches up because he's looking at them just like what are you doing with the gas what are you doing with the pipe what are you doing with that pillow oh you're making a lot of noise and then eventually as he is turning the gas on the the plate the pieces fall into place and he's like this is smart i I was going to suggest this (laughs) Oh, he, he does, doesn't he? He's like, did. oh, I was like, yeah, I was two steps away from saying this now. I was like, yeah, I got it. Before you hurt yourself. But, so that's stupid. Um, and then he's just like, yeah, turn it up, turn it up. It's like, no, you're going to kill them. And they're not going to be able to open the door. And then it's a moment and he's like, turn it down, <laughs> turn it down, turn it down. <laughs> oh, and it, like, it's just, what? Now, so it's quite spectacular how they managed to deal with that. Um <laughs> please do not deal with it in this way do not deal with it this way because it looks fun in the movie you would incinerate you everybody would in that room if you did this yeah. she basically she gets one of those um candle lighter or pilot lighter things and she sticks her arm way so mcguffin later she sticks her arm way down the pipe and she lights ignites the gas because she can um, smell the gas coming into the room and oh yeah, yeah you heard them they were doing. just like straight away they were like yeah. oh what's that because I suppose that's the thing of an enclosed room. You're going to sense yeah. a bit of a change. So, so it's all well and good. So there is a, a nice spectacular, like the ceiling is on fire, but it's metal, so it burns out quickly enough. It looks gorgeous, though, doesn't it? It does look very good. Um, and Jared Leto, in all fairness to him, he is basically lit on fire outside <laughs> as well. And it, so was, it was Leto did, this, did the stunt himself. I can't believe that. That's uh, so good. Um, he's bonkers enough that I believe that but it is it's quite a car all of the cartoon moments come from Junior so again Burnham has figured out kind of what the next practical step is and that's to set the thing alight backs the fuck away but Junior goes in closer and he's just like let me just let me just have a listen let me just what are they doing in there (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I'm on fire propane tank becomes a giant bullet that shoots across the room yeah Oh man, now, that should have amazingly someone. they're not killed. 
Oh, all of them. That should have been game over, to be honest. Yeah. I thought the tank was going to go up. Yeah, just explode. Yeah, that could have gone really, really, really badly. Because it's one of the reasons why you, although it looks cool in inverted commas, you do not spray aerosol over a match. Because there's a good chance that it will follow itself back into the can and explode in your hand. I've always been so t- I see people doing that. Now, I've thankfully never seen somebody blow their hand off. But I just have to fear that yeah. someone's just going to do that. Oh, it's then, more dangerous than a firework. Um, um, that was a tangent. It was, but yeah, he is—he uh, is the comic relief. He's the thing that gets them there, and then just—he's just an obstacle for the rest of the film. He's—he's also—he's the turn, as well. Yeah, it's the, the entire the tone yes, of the film yes, yes, changes yes. entirely because of him. Yeah, right. So as you said earlier, he's like you know. This is not conducive to my positive aura at the moment. And so therefore, as he's there sucking down on meth pipe, he's like, yeah. I'm going to step away from this situation now. You know, we've done everything we can, yeah. which is, well, we, we threatened them and they didn't come out. And well, I'm all out of ideas. What about you guys? Yeah, Because the um, final thing, I think he gets set on fire, but then they're all arguing downstairs and she comes out, grabs the fo- the mobile phone and then runs back in. Which we'll talk about in a second. I think we'll finish with the bad guys and then go on to mm. Meg and Sarah. Um, and after all of that, he's just like, oh, the police are probably on the way. Fuck it. I'm going to leave. Um, so they all get downstairs and he's just like, later, Raul. And bam. Raul Ra- shoots him dead on the spot. Like, basically blows right. his eyeball out. Literally, yeah. he does. Yeah. And you're right. The tone changes because you're like, they could have all walked away from this now there is a murder and Raul is way more dangerous than we thought he was and there's uh, so the body is on the floor there and he walks over and Raul and you can see all of this resentment and everything he's like am I just a bus driver now and shoots him I mean he's already dead but shoots him again and yeah. you can just again Burnham's just like I have rapidly lost control of this entire situation <laughs> that went from zero to a hundred fucking quick <laughs> Um, and within seconds, Altman comes in. Um, oh, that's right, yeah. So Sarah has managed to hook up the phone to... Meg. Meg's the, the mum, Sarah's the daughter. Damn it, sorry. Meg has, through MacGyvering, has yeah. managed to hook the the mobile phone wide into a phone line that is running through the wall um, and manages to just about call her husband, who is married to Nicole Kidman. That is true. Nicole Kiedemann answers that call. Yep. Uh, she was incredibly pissed off and did not realise she was on camera. No, um, <laughs> she was originally cast as Meg in this film, but I think it was filming on Moulin Rouge. Correct. Ran over. Yeah, broke her and... knee. No, 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 she broke her knee or oh, had a massive knee injury. And hmm. it was quite clear after a couple of days of filming that she could barely do the walking scenes, let alone the running around the running, house Running, exactly. Yeah, yeah there, exactly. Is, there is physical stuff in this film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she manages to get... A phone call through to um, through to Stephen Altman before the ex-husband before the line is cut off. Um, so he turns up on the doorstep um, and immediately gets the ever-loving shit beaten out of him by Raoul as well. This is grim. This it like, goes through me. He kind of like because I said it to you as we were watching. I was like, that man is dead. Like, he should be dead. He, yeah. He really, really. Although wait, all of the shots were one, to the head. There's one criticism i'll have at the end of the film where just the there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief where it's just like 
really. And this is, it's not a big one, but the beating of Stephen. Again, he shouldn't have walked away from this. No, because every single um, bit of that pummeling is to the head. Yeah. All of it. So we'll we'll backpedal really, 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 really quick, because that's the... That's leaning into the finale now. From then on, it's final act. Shit, hold on to your socks. So they, they're in the they're in the panic room, and the oh, I love, I love um, Junior's reaction because he knows as soon as that door closes, he's fucked seven ways from yeah. Sunday, and he just like <laughs> loses it with the fucking mirror. It's like bam, bam, as if it's the mirror's fault, and the stubborn thing still closes. <laughs> Fuck you. There's nothing more frustrating than when you're in like a, a changing room or something and you have those doors that just keep closing as you're trying to get changed and yeah, then you open it back up again. And, it on keeps you. It yeah. and then you wallop it open and it wallops closed on your hand. And they ask you to leave. <laughs> so you're naked, please leave. <laughs> um and then helpful Mr. Deadpan Raul comes in and he's just like that's seven years bad luck. Fuck you, Raul. Thank you very much. Lol, as if we're getting to seven years. <laughs> and then, yeah, so Forrest comes up and he's like, tell me they're not in there. Tell me they're not in that room. That is the one place that we need to be. It's the one place we don't want them to be. And it's the one place we can't get into once they're in there. So okay. good. Although, Burnham does, he does say, say the one thing that's silly. And he's like, nah, that's it. I'm checking out now. He designed that room. He knows there's videotapes. Yeah, exactly. It's the one thing where it's just like, you need no, to stop but, and think. No, the thing is, but he acknowledges that when they first break into the house. He doesn't think the TV should be switched on. Because if no one's in there, there shouldn't be any power. So True, but once he knows there's people in the house, I suppose it's kind of, it's it's much of a bunch, because then obviously he does go in and check for the videotapes. But yeah. there's this moment of where it's just like, but then again, he's just like, whoa, this is so not what I signed up for, guys. So and you would think if this was the internet and that was hooked up to a server somewhere, yeah, I'm out. He would have bounced out of there immediately. But uh, he knows like, that it's dependent on the tapes. Actually, that's the thing. So, kids, there was this thing called cassette. Yeah, right? ask and your parents. It, it does actually date the film. Not in a bad way. It does Not in a bad way, but it does date the film. Um, like- not as much as you think. So... I work oh, for actually, yeah, a company which has a CCTV system, and until this year, said CCTV system ran on cassette tapes. And if we had a shoplifter, I had to make a copy of that cassette tape and give it to the police. Yeah, it is a bullet. This is why it's so hard to convict any fucker for shoplifting. There are stores in this business that still have the same cassette system. Now, it's it works just as well. It's just a long time to get it copied up. So it's not as outrageous. 18 and 19 years later, we're still using the same... Some of us are still using the same technology. God, that's my... I was working in a job... Now, this is it is 10 years ago now, but I was working in a job where every day we had to boot up... It was, it was a shop, and every day we had to boot up the computer system for which we had 18 floppy disks. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I a floppy disk it. is a 3D printed save button. Yeah, literally. It, well, that's the funny thing, isn't it? That save button that you used to save your PowerPoint or Word document, the reason it is that symbol, kids, is because that used to be a three-dimensional object that was a memory card. Oh, Fuck. God, how old are we? 30s ah. suck. 
Yeah. I hate being 30. Oh, oh that's so funny. We got this last week. So we need, we can, sorry, for the next two films in this series, we're picking something from 2021. Are we heck? Uh, um, yeah, because there's so, so many films from this year. Yeah. Um, so he, We are bouncing all over the place. Sorry. So, right, right, so, where, where I was trying to get to is that they're in the panic room. Shit. They go downstairs um, and Sarah and Meg figure out the intercom. So they're doing messages backwards and forwards and they're holding up things to the... Uh, the bad guys are holding up a sign to the thing saying, we need to be in there, dickhead. Um, I just love at this point, you realise... You get the... So Meg goes on a proper journey from start to finish. Yes. She's nervous about Sarah um, even scootering on the pavement. She's nervous about her diabetes. It's disgusting how much she loves her. Um, she's very, very protective. And she's not equipped to deal, at this moment, with these home invaders. To the point that she can't even swear properly. She's like, uh, excuse me, hi guys, could you could you leave my house, please? Hello, Mr. Robber Man. Hello, you you in the lobby. And Sarah's just, it's one of my favourite lines. Sarah's just like, say fuck. And she's like, fuck! Mum, say get the fuck out of my house. Oh, right. Get the fuck out of my house! <laughs> Even the guys are looking at Random each other. Random expletive like, here. Yeah. What? Um, and a lot, of what, a lot of what goes on in the room is... It's quite clever. Like, as in they, they know, first of all, you need to stay calm. They're, you know... Because she... Uh, Meg is claustrophobic. Yeah. And then uh, Sarah has... It's funny, it's never explicitly said, but it's clearly... Like, as in... it's. It's like she takes insulin for it. They're monitoring we know her it's blood diabetes, sugar. Yeah. yeah. So and then Chekhov's gun. If you introduce the fact that she has diabetes to the to the thing, you know you will have to deal with that. Of course, point. but equally, so, it's I again. I am totally fine with it because oh, you any, know, any other reason that they leave the room is contrived because it. The only reason she leaves the room is to protect Sarah. So yeah. you've got to you've got to create a reason that means. You have to be outside to fix her, so well, it has to exactly. happen. Just wait in the room. Yeah, yep. just wait it out. Honestly, they this movie ends if Sarah doesn't have diabetes because you wait it out. There's no way you're getting out. There's no way you have to leave that room. Yeah, exactly. Like then, if she didn't have diabetes, they would have had to find a way to open the door. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? The, 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 the and that, that ain't going to get them in. Ex- yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, um, and I, I, I really, really like the tension that that brings because you are you, you're looking i know it's obvious but you're looking at the watch you're thinking mm-hmm. about her you're like there is a ticking clock here and sh- i know that this is, i know that she's not going to die because it's not that kind of movie but i know this is going to cause meg to have to leave the room and you are waiting for that moment yeah. um and when it comes yeah i think it's my favorite i, I said this to you when we were watching it it's my second favorite slow motion scene after um, Quicksilver in Days of Future Past. That's so good. Because this scene is great as well. Yeah, you're it's right. It's so, so good. And it, it's a great... I don't usually like slow motion because it takes you out of the film because you realise this has been edited to look slower than it is because it is a film. And now I am aware of that. But it works because everything obviously happens in the space of like 10 seconds, but you need... The tension is increased a thousandfold because of how slow it's going. So she runs towards the bed, gets the phone, misses. They're arguing on the stairs. Um, the, the sound 
behind it, the the score as such, it's super tense. Um, Shout out to Howard Shore. Yeah, it does a phenomenal job on this. Another perfectionist. Um, the lamp gets knocked over. Bang! Everyone downstairs. <laughs> we gotta get back upstairs. He nearly, and it's yeah, it's Forrest Whitaker just turns on this on his heel, and he's yep. Like, oh fuck! Shit! Rabbit in headlights. And it's my favourite shot of the whole film. It's as the door is closing, you see Burnham run into the room and you just get both of them. You get Jodie and... It's a mother front door. You get Sarah and Meg in the panic room safe. Burnham on the outside and then the door slams shut. And again... Sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, sorry, fun fun thing on that. So the door slams shut. So there is a, there's a laser, there's two lasers, right? And they are, you know, the elevator doors where if you yep. put your hand in the middle of an elevator doors, it'll stop it from closing. So you, you keep thinking that, no, no, someone's going to get something in the way of this. Fun behind the scenes fact was that that room was designed for Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman is about 17 foot tall. Correct. So when Jodie Fe- Foster was <laughs> it at like her cast in it, it, it kept going into her eyes. <laughs> yeah. So it kept just kept shining right in her eyes. Because so she's obviously quite a bit shorter than Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, phenomenal. That's so good. Um, So on... I love that Burnham is... Burnham's the first one to realise... Oh, he immediately realises, right, they left the room for a reason. Yeah. What did they get? They get they got something. Put the puzzle pieces together. Um, so this leads us on to she runs out. She gets the phone. Great scene. Comes back in. Um, is trying to get signal. Doesn't work. The, the the where she's trying to get the signal from is a little hole in the wall, which leads to a runoff. Which mm. if you look through the runoff, you can see out into the street. Now, prior to this, is the only bit of the movie that I. Sc- scream at every time and I know my mum and dad scream at it as well the Morse code so she's got a flashlight they do SOS into the open window across the street which you assume is just a man in his living room watching things who interestingly is the I think the screenwriter for Seven. Oh yeah yeah uh, it was a little cameo for it yeah which is quite funny so does it it gets his attention this is great sos sos what's the one thing you shouldn't do when the fact that clearly nobody can hear you yeah they start screaming this is across the street through a lead room through Mm -hmm. a closed window through his bricks there wasn't how how does that make any sense in your head when we were watching it i said god could have come out of the sky stopped the rain moved the building so that they were now next door to each other and he still wouldn't have heard the scream yeah no it is it's a bit it's infuriating dull. just have him shut the curtains just have him think like oh, story shining a light in my eyes yeah, yeah exactly like, Drop oh, fuck this yeah. it's a reflection from a headlight whatever shut the curtains go to bed that's frustrating but it makes sense this is frustrating because it reminds me i'm watching a film and people don't act like this Mm. but i still love this film and watch it every time (laughs) i allow it to piss me off um but yes after this incredibly frustrating thing they do they try and get a phone signal and they can't so macgyver she gets through she rings him that's all well and good 
She also manages to ring the cops for a second, because yes, thankfully, the first number she rings is 911. Now, yeah, I would have had an issue if they didn't dial 911 first. 100%. Yeah. So they do anyway, and now they're put on hold. And I kind of went, is that a thing? Is that a thing? I'm sure it is, you know, but... Um, you know. I, it might be... It's better than ringing. So I... All of our operators are busy right now, but I acknowledge that you are ringing. Please give me a second. I think anything is better than just ringing. <laughs> it's like, fuck, pick up! Your call is important to us. No, it please isn't! stay on the line. If you are being murdered, please press one. <laughs> I died! <laughs> but, uh, oh, God. But, um, so they try that. That's all right. Your man's even dressed up. So he then becomes the bargaining tool. But he is used in a very clever way. After Raul kicks yeah, seven shades of crap out of him. Um, right, and remember, it, all of this is on camera. Yes, you can't, you can't overestimate how much of the shit gets kicked out of him. Like the it, Raul picks up the light which they're using to blind one of the cameras, chunks him round the head with it, boots him in the face. I is it does take me out of the film a tiny bit because this man should be dead, and it is a brutal beating. Um, yeah, and the idea is, Burnham's like this guy's going to keep kicking the shit out of him until you come outside, and you're going to yeah. be the result of his death. Um, but yeah, no, go on. It's quite clever what they do next, isn't it? While on camera, so the next thing that Meg sees is Burnham dragging Raoul. No, so Burnham we've, chucks we've the, missed something in the middle here. So Burnham says, calm down, calm down, and throws Raoul off of Altman because he doesn't want him dead. Chucks his own it. jacket across the camera, and that's to allow the switcheroo to happen. That's it, exactly. To make it look so... It suggests that that's it, right? So it suggests that he's beaten Raoul up, yeah. And then the next thing that Meg sees is Burnham dragging Raoul yeah. down the stairs and into the next, and um, tying him, tying him to a chair. Um, mm. And Altman, identified I, yeah. by his trench coat, is slumped across the bed in her bedroom. So Meg goes, you know, in her head, brilliant. Sarah's start, she's keeping on Sarah's watch the blood sugar's getting lower and lower this it's is just, my opportunity like, I need to, to go get... and get this insulin like this yeah. has to happen so she does she opens the door and you know creeps up sees uh, Stephen or Altman uh, passed out on the bed doesn't check him but I can forgive that for time is of the essence yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and anyway she goes upstairs and yeah, so you start to see Altman starts moving on the bed. Of course, it's not Altman at all. Your heart just sinks. So she's up. She's upstairs to get the insulin, and he gets up, and you're like, "Hang on a minute!" And as he as he turns around, it's clearly not him, and you just mm. sink because the door is wide open. He is closer. There's no way to MacGuffin your way out of this. He is closer than Meg is right now. He's yeah. gonna get into the panic room, um, and that is again such a clever way to change the dynamic of the film it's quite far into the film and now everything has flipped the wrong people are inside the panic room meg's now on the outside in control but totally out of control as well because she needs to be near her daughter so the one th so she manages to she manages to get the medicine in but they do slam the door and <laughs> poor old raul 
again, it changes role entirely. You'd think if Junior was still alive, then it would have been his fingers in the door. But probably would have been his face. But yeah, have you ever oh. have you ever slammed your finger in a car door? It's I, not very much fun. Thankfully, never have. But I've been present when many other people have. Really? How many people? How many active investigations do we have going on here? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go for the head, then it leaves more of a bruise. But it goes through me every time. Like it's very oh. deliberate. It doesn't go where the green, the the green. The green lasers are. Mm. It's super tense because they're all inside. You know the insulin's got to get in. So she swings that insulin in. It lands. Perfect. Slam. No, no, no. It's not. Sorry. No, it's before that. It's They all get in. They get inside. And Jodie's running back upstairs. And Forrest. Oh, the gun. Yeah, because they have, a, they have to gun. No, they, they, Sorry. She doesn't even have the gun yet. Raul and mega fighting she gets chucked across the room he runs into the panic room like falls on the floor and then burnham slams it shut and his hand is still there Mm. and then she's just pounding on the door and it just gets me every time the chunk and he doesn't like do a massive scream he just does a he's kind of of going in shock yeah like it is horrific he's just in agony just like begging Burnham let me open the door let me get my fingers back um, it is. it's the, it's easily the most gruesome bit of the film yeah it is well second most that is true yeah um, so yeah, she gets the gun um, bargains with them to chuck the insulin oh, how is it why do no, they it's agree the, to no the insulin the is already in there but they're trying to see if they can go alright you need to chuck the gun away and then we'll give her the shot yeah, no but why yeah, do they have go to go downstairs open the... and bring oh sorry yeah he just wants to open the door so that he can free um, Raul that's all it is so yeah. yeah he's like leave the gun go downstairs and I'll open the door and I'll give her the shot um, yeah. she obviously runs off with the gun opens the door and he oh, oh pulls his hand out and he's just drip, in drip, pieces drip. drop 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 yeah. oh it's hideous um Meanwhile, Sarah's having a coma. Yeah, she's um, absolutely losing it. She's yeah. right in the middle of a fit. It's horrible. Um, no, it is. It's yeah. It's kind of like yeah, and you're and but it's it's good in the way of like you can see that all, throughout all of this, um, Burnham's been ruthless enough in that I'm going to see this through, but not but no so one's going to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't it's not hurt about people. hurting That's my anybody. And here is a kid. Who yeah. is very much in distress? Uh, Raúl would just as easy. He doesn't you know, care. Whatever, leave her at us, you know. Yeah, but he um, just—you can just—it's—it is a testament to the film and the character and the character work that at every point you're on Burnham's side. You want him to win, and you want Sarah and Meg to win. You know he's not a bad guy. Mm. Um, oh, it's yeah, it's. I love having a villain that you can actually get you on board. Bring, yeah, with. exactly. Yeah, an antihero. Yeah, is it, would he be an anti? Is Batman? A- Anyway, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back. But yes. But um, so then um, Sarah then goes to work at... Oh, damn it, she doesn't do anything. Meg goes yeah, to work at Home alone the house. This is when it like it still fits the tone <laughs> of the film and everything, yeah. and it still takes sense, but this is the Kevin McAllister it period is. of the film. So what she... Oh, she does something very, very sim- simple. She gets rid of all of the cameras so that they can't see what she's doing, and hilariously, Raul is like... Fuck, why didn't we think of that? Uh, <laughs> Jackass. 
um, and gets rid of all of the lighting in the house as well, and then blocks and locks the doors so that there is only one route out of the house. Uh, she doesn't care about the money, she just wants to make sure they don't kidnap her daughter. Mm. Um, sets up um, Stephen Altman with a gun in position so that... Yeah, she kind of has to tie it because he's so badly broken. beaten. Yeah. He's still alive, uh, but yeah, he, she sets him up like off. a mannequin. Yeah. yeah. And the one route that they, they have to take this one route... It, it will intersect with Stephen's path. A really simple plan, really good. However, before she can complete said plan, who comes and knocks on the door? Um, two very nice NYPD officers. So, mm-hmm. Stephen, who seems to be there just to ruin everything, yeah, exactly. did, in fact, ring the police. So, he did the right thing, you know, what did he do? Yeah. Oh, no, and... Hardest working officer Keen, Mate, who deserves guy, a medal. He absolutely deserves uh, it. This is this guy is New York Sherlock fucking Holmes. Absolutely, he's yeah. brilliant. And I think the actor is phenomenal. He absolutely nails this three minute part that he's got. It's so uh, good. Yeah, and he's just like you know, kind of like based so. She. Th- this is. I, I said this to you as well. It's like the only thing that bugs me is that she knows those cameras don't have microphones, so she knows that. Yeah. And she doesn't. You know. You know. She doesn't try and act cool while saying, "Can you please bring twenty five of your nice uh, SWAT <laughs> friends if you wouldn't mind terribly?" But then, as you said, yeah. So they they're sitting in the, for all she knows they're sitting there with a gun to well not gun but they're sitting there about to break Sarah's neck. Yeah, that and takes two seconds. Exactly. Yeah. My defense is no matter how good the NYPD is, there's a may even if there's a twenty percent chance that they're going to fuck this up and Sarah will die. She, she believes that she's better off alone and that she will try and fix this on her own. And I totally believe that. That's fine. She believes in her head. The best chance of Sarah getting out of this is if she does this alone. And it's one of those things. You buy it or you don't. It doesn't really change anything no. because if they come in, it just makes it more complicated. Uh, it's a shit ending. It's not good. It, it yeah. wouldn't be as satisfying because it also it would take away her agency as well. So I like that Sarah goes, sorry, Meg goes from oh doddering kind of housewife to fucking Tommy Rambo Scarlett. by the end of the film. Like she is not taking any shit. It's like if you do not. If my daughter dies because of your inaction, I will fucking kill you. And you can't imagine her saying that at the beginning of the film. Yeah, by the end of it, they're just like, oh, she's only going to kill them. Right, she's can't. <laughs> this, is, this is it now. Yeah. Uh, um, they ain't uh, getting out of this alive. And even the way that they tiptoe through the house when they eventually get out of the panic room, even that is all, it's like with a bit of respect. Because at the beginning of the film... They, if they'd have been in that situation, they'd have just bolded past her. But now you kind of get the impression that I'm scared of this woman. She's going to end us. Yeah, exactly. You're right. The story would have been, get out of my way. Like, would they even have bothered? No. They might have tied her up. Exactly. Um, but back back uh, to the policeman really quick. It's, 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 for me, the most intense bit of the film. Eventually... Is she going to tell him or isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Ev- eventually he's like, look, if there's... The, the call that managed to get through to Stephen is there are three and he's like in- interrogates her as to what, what are the three things and brilliantly on the spot thinks up there are three things I will do with you, do for you if you jump into bed uh, great lie it works but it still doesn't convince this dedicated officer and his in- 
intense stare of if there's if you want to wink or if there's something you want to say to me but you know that you can't say it right now you can wink and that's something that you can do and her stare is so intense and so good i think it's the the lack of a blink that gives him the message that something's wrong mm, mm, yeah it's such a good scene nothing said but everything is there's heard. enough of a pause yeah to yeah because then she laughs it up and laughs it off and says no you guys they really train you you're good at this but i think there's enough of a pause there for for that to and and the police all do turn up whether it's because of the gunfire or well, I, I, but it's the I same officer. They that, make, that he, yeah, exactly. They make yeah. the point of highlighting him when he comes back in. Um, yeah. So anyway, cops go away. Um, it's just the fact that she's downstairs, isn't it? That they decide this is our chance to get out. Um, they drill into they the safe. Sarah. Yeah, Do exactly. Uh, hostage, yeah. exactly. They they drill into the safe. They get the money, um, and they they start to make their way downstairs. And then there's. Stephen sitting there trussed up like a mannequin but he's still got the gun in his hand yeah um uh, so again there's Burnham trying to ad- try salvage the situation in some form or another you yeah know, like- exactly um so he's now face to face with Burnham and Sarah just shouts out don't shoot him dad and it's like oh even he even she is on Burnham's side it's so heartwarming I like it it's I love beautiful. Burnham so much and then, with all respect to him, Gollum is holding on to uh, <laughs> Sarah at this point. He, yeah. is, he has degraded. I, I said to you at one point, he looks like Beetlejuice at this point. He, Oh my um, god, he actually does! Um, um, oh. So, we missed off the, the best bit, is that when they open the door the second time to leave, he picks up his fucking fingers! <laughs> They're not just squashed, there's two of them that are on the deck, and he's like, yep, save those for later, put them on ice. Yeah. Good God. Uh, no. No. From uh, that this point brings on, me to he, sorry. the second the, I was gonna say, this brings me to the second thing where I went Your man's mm. dead. <laughs> like so she sneaks up on them with the sledge because their their focus is entirely on the gun, understandably, yes. as it would be. So she sneaks up on Gollum um, yeah. with uh Gollum juice with a sledgehammer. And I mean she I don't remember the last time you were hit by a sledgehammer, but if a sledgehammer hits the side of your head, you are not getting back up. Uh, especially and the noise that it made. It was a proper... It's like it missed the skull entirely and just phased right into his brain. Um, so and she's just like... the banisters, falls down a flight yeah. of stairs, and then gets up and runs after. And that's the one thing where it's like, he's not twitching. the Terminator. No, twitching at the bottom of the stairs. Like, she uh. duck Sarah, and then... Swack, the sound that it makes the slap against his face it i think she does hit him side on because oh, it makes it's such a yeah. slap isn't it but it's oh, so but oh, oh my god it's so that for me is the biggest wince moment yeah uh, the finger's a close second but that is the biggest wince moment yeah. for me and it's just the suggestion of you're not supposed to hit meat and bone with a sledgehammer lads absolutely you know what always goes through me is hammers on heads so whenever somebody yeah. uh, i can't remember what I watched a film recently and it happens, but they, somebody have a hammer. If you run up to somebody and hit them on the top of the head with a hammer, you may as well knock me out. Just watching that, it's it goes right through me. There's certain things that shouldn't happen. Um, so yeah, anyway, that thing that shouldn't happen happens to him. Um, they assume he's dead, but yeah, he runs back up the stairs. Altman misses five times. 
Burnham has used this opportunity to to leave. He assumes that um, Burnham has yeeted. Out yeah, he is absolutely yeeted away. He's like, I'm bye. Um, he assumes that uh, Raul is dead, and he's he, he actually says everything's going to be okay now. It's fine. Um, runs away, and um, but bu- 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 he. Uh, what am I talking about? He basically hears them screaming. No, so he's at, he's sorry. Yeah, uh, Raul jumps, comes back upstairs, launches himself at Altman, who misses every single shot. Which we'll 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 give him a pass in the fact that he's like he's literally tied up. Like that's the only yeah. reason his arm is straight. Otherwise, he has one that, angle. He, yeah, yeah. The way yeah. that he's jury rigged together, he has one angle and he can't get at it. Um, here's the so Burnham is climbing the fence and he hears the scream of Altman who is crippled, falls mm. off his chair, and that must have... I feel that, because he lands on his broken arm. It must have been agony. Oh, thank you. And Burnham turns back. Burnham turns back, because he can't leave him. He can't... He's such a good yeah. guy. He just, I say good guy. He's still broke into the house. But morally, he can't do it. Um, he's not there. He was never there to hurt anybody. I mean, like, he was there for money. He's, yeah. in, a, he's in a horrible situation. He's there for money. And he got swept into a situation he never wanted to be in, never intended to be in, and at least in some respect, redeems himself somewhat. Yeah, I was half expecting him to leave half the money behind, just say, I'm really sorry, but here you go. But also, they clearly don't need the money. Yeah, well, there's that. So, the, the, the last bit that really goes through me, and this... And this final act... If the the bit from the the basketball onwards is at a hundred miles an hour, this final act is so well paced and so intense, but um, Raúl is on top of Meg and is just going, just punching her, and then punches Sarah in the face. And there's something about punching a little girl in the face that doesn't feel right. Well, I'm glad. Well, yeah, but it, it's something but, it yeah, feels wrong it's, on it's screen, horrible. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. She's I just cowering in the fireplace. How it is, and it's awful because she's like knocked down. Like Raul, super Raul, uh, is stronger <laughs> than point. her. Yeah. Uh, Altman is, he's out for the camp. Like, there's nothing he can do. Like, he can't move. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. You wouldn't be shocked helping. to see, if there was ever a sequel, you wouldn't be shocked to see him in a wheelchair. Do you know what I mean? And you know what? That, I hadn't thought about that, but that makes sense. He has to be that badly beaten so that he's not a player yeah. or else very annoyingly because this is what Hollywood does the dad saves the day and mm. completely undermines the woman and great dad to the rescue I love that he's had the shit kicked out of him because it keeps the agency with Sarah and Meg doesn't it they're the heroines they're the ones that have to save the day as well as the, Burnham well it well, and then so that that's it so the very last moment uh, Raul in what is effectively his his can moment, he says, because he looks like he's about a few, he's knocking on heaven's door. Yeah. They will not answer, but he's he there. He picks up the sledgehammer, and you can tell not only is he going to bring it down on her head, but he's going to kind of fall forward <sighs> with it. You know, this will be him. And then just nice and quietly, out of nowhere, Burnham steps up and just blows his brains out. Pap, just paps him like in the back proper, of the head. Oh, now. I do have a problem with this. I'm not convinced Burnham would shoot him. Because why not just tackle him? Mm. Kick him. I I don't know. I feel like shooting him is just as dangerous because what if he just went limp, dropped the hammer, 
and that did quite that a was bit of damage. I, that was what went through my head during that. Obviously, the bullet is what went through Rowell's uh, <laughs> <Raul's> head. <laughs> yeah, the last thing that went through his head was his own brains. Yes. Um, the only thing, and again, maybe giving this a bit of a pass, but he kind of shoots him from the side. So he, maybe he was thinking the uh, impact would cool. push him. Sideways. I'm fine with that. So then that just leaves yeah. me with morally, would he shoot somebody? Because he's going to get found out. There's no way after he shoots a man that they know that there's only one person left. The only person that could have shot him is going to be Burnham. So and I don't daddy know. don't shoot him is not the same as we're not going to press charges. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And why not? You've got all of the cards. You're the only one that hasn't been brutally maimed in some way. Why not charge him off? Shoot him in both legs. Um, fine. You don't have to go for the kill shot. So again, it takes me out a little bit because I, I feel like it's out of character with the, the moral it, it, burden it is that out we of know. Look, you can analyse it and go, there's no way Raul is not giving his name. But yeah, you're right, it is out of character. And I haven't got a problem with Raul surviving. Um are just going to jail. I don't know. I don't know if Burnham even believes that he's going to survive this. Um, but yeah, runs away, and then obviously the the police enter um, and and capture him. And story yeah, ends. officer of the year, officer of uh, the year, Jesus. Yeah. Um, the Barabons are lost forever. <laughs> when I was there, I I asked you what room. It's like, is that just? Can they not just? I know it's not money, so they can't just print off another stack. But like. Is that not just like a deed? Yeah, you I just print off a new deed. I honestly anyway. don't know how barrel bombs work. I think it has more value than that. So I think if you set fire to them, oh, I don't, I don't know. It might be worth yeah. reading, but fuck reading. Um. <laughs> That's why this is all audio. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, and then the, the film just ends with them picking a new house, which is quite nice. They've agreed to go for something smaller. Um, yeah, I love this film. It's so oh, it's good fun, watchable rewindable watch it again um love it yeah it's i will watch it twice a year every year it's just it's an easy watch it's a satisfying watch and it's still tense every single time it's one of those films that i am still in suspense when they leave the panic room when the door is open and they have to shut it it still gets my heart racing love it yeah no totally like really enjoyed thank you for suggesting this really enjoyed this uh yeah yeah Love it. Um, yeah, made two hundred million dollars from a budget of fifty, so <clears throat> it wasn't a huge walloping success. Because with marketing, that's probably a hundred million all in. Still doubled your, like, so doubled, still your doubled its money. Um, yeah. But I imagine, after considering Fincher was coming from Fight Club, they perhaps were expecting something a bit more. But here, he's the first one to admit. I read the script. I liked it. I knew it was going to be a kind of throwaway action movie, and he's quite happy with that. Um, yeah, yeah, love it. So, will you rewind it and watch again shortly, or is it a kind of one and done? And eh, if it's on again, no, I'll watch one... it. If it's on again, I'll watch it. Yeah, um, like it was, it was grand. It's good fun. There's good performances in it. Good action in it. Um, it's a for me, it was a step above your kind of average, you know, home invasion yeah. movie. Which yeah. is, and I mean that, sorry, in the nicest yeah. way. Like, it is a step above. There is more um, to it. There's more development of the bad guys. Um, you feel for the cast, everybody. The cast elevates it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this with a different cast now might have been... Agreed, yeah. Yeah. But no, I like it. It's good. So... Release the Nicole Kidman cut. Just really... Yeah, oh my, don't even... That's brilliant. The, the two scens that she filmed. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Um, so... 
Next, what was I going to say? Anyway, so um, next week, what are we doing, Sean? So it's my third film next week. Third and um, final. Third and For final. For now. Yeah. Because the pod is, of course, ending after the. Thank uh, God. We'll figure, we'll figure something out. Uh, but uh, we are going to completely go with a horse of a different colour next week. And we are going to go with the 1994 adaptation of Anne Rice's novel, Interview with the Vampire. We could not have picked, I don't know, a wider stance of films here, a wider variety. Uh, like, where are we going? With where the heck is it? We didn't even bother with a theme, which I don't know. I have put, not I've put so much thought into my third film. I don't know why I bothered, because <laughs> there's, there's no theme here. It's just... Ah, shit, we I can't to wait watch. to watch Care Bears the movie with you, you know? <laughs> oh, you're going to be disappointed because there's an R-rated cut. <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh. oh, dear God. So, I have seen this film once. I would guess 15 years ago. Oh, good. On TV, okay. randomly. I remember nothing about it other than I think Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise are in it. They are? Yep. Um, I know nothing more. And... I I went through a period of watching this oh once a month. Uh so not crazy, like you know, I wasn't hanging upside down from the rafters or anything like that. Yeah. But um <laughs> You I, were wearing I, a I, lot of eyeliner and false teeth. But absolutely, yeah. Uh, I um I am still of the opinion I I no, I certainly didn't see it in nineteen ninety four. No, it was uh I think it was 2002, 2003 or something that I first saw it. It was before Queen of the Damned came out. So whatever year that came out, before that. Cool. Um, and I still think it's some of the best acting Tom Cruise has ever done. And Kirsten Dunst deserved an Oscar for this film. I do like Kirsten Dunst. So I'm, yeah, it's going to be good. So, yeah. So that will be next week. Um, we will put up on Twitter when we're going to watch this so that we can, uh, you know, you can join along if you want or at least tweet along or however yeah. however this internet thing works <laughs> we can talk um, along with it <laughs> exactly yeah but uh yeah but in the meantime thank you very much for listening to us yeah talk thanks about... for listening guys and we'll see you next week you nearly got it you nearly wrapped up my podcast i know it's really good and that is it for our episode this week guys whether you think we're mad for what we said think we're crazy he's done it again mad. stop it i don't know what you're talking about it. bye Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. I, at least, would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. Sean couldn't care enough to record this with me. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at EnglishIrishGTM, email us at anenglishmanandanirishman at gmail.com, and check out our website, www.anenglishmanandanirishman.wordpress.com where you'll find all of our previous episodes. You'll find me on Twitter at Galactic underscore Dave and you'll find Sean at Sean Ferrick. Thanks for being awesome and we love you very much.